Hey guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre and I am here with my wife, Leah. We are back to talk again about what it means to follow Jesus in a post-Christian culture. How's it going, babe? Good. I How's just the Monday vibe? Monday vibe is going well because our kid is now in school. That means 7 a.m. wake up every day, which is great for feeling like there's a routine. Consistency. And... Yeah, I just discovered the little baby bird that is on the patio <laughs> that is dead. It's not a baby bird. It is a full-grown sparrow. It looks like a baby bird to me. And so when I saw it just laying there on our patio table, I gasped. But you apparently already knew it was there. Yes. And you saw it die. I put it there. I didn't see it die. Me and Nathan were choosing a cartoon for him, and the bird crashed into our back window and was instantly transported to the next world. That is so tragic. I know. But Nathan got to see it up close and see its wings and see its beautiful claws and feathers. And, and you're going to bury it. I guess it's a learning it. opportunity. You're going to bury it, have a little graveyard? I think so. We'll honor we'll honor the life of the bird. But it's a sparrow. It's not a baby bird. Okay, I support, I support you doing this, but I will not attend the funeral because I'm just, that's really sad. It is sad. That, that's... It looks like a baby bird, so in my head it's just a little baby that's not going to come home to its mom yeah that's the danger of glass windows so <sighs> sadness anyway well let's talk about more sad and apocalyptic things besides sure birds great dying. <laughs> uh, this week we wanted to talk about the apocalypse of the mind that is brought about because of our current technology trends and habits so, but more broadly, we want to talk about stewarding and taking care of our mind and heart in the middle of a world where it's becoming increasingly difficult. So, yeah, it's funny because people 50 years ago, 20 years ago, thought of the future and, like, you know, we all thought like flying cars and, you know, maybe some war that's going to take everyone out or something. But it's the reality is it's little tiny things that fit into our pocket that is shifting society and changing go crazy changing our brains and and causing you know suicide and depression and it's just crazy no one could have possibly predicted this yeah yeah the same stuff that has brought about some of the greatest advances in human life you know technology is also the thing that's bringing out some of the worst um in us so what we uh, we watched last week uh this documentary on netflix which you guys should all go see if you're part of our group here in town we're probably gonna watch it together so don't watch it yet but it's a documentary on netflix called the social dilemma and uh, very interesting very eye-opening everybody should go watch it i think that it's one of the most important issues uh for our time today yeah whether you're a christian or not especially if you're a Christian. But basically this documentary is uh, made by a bunch of people who are ex-employees of some of the top social media companies and tech tech companies, Google, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and these people are like top developers, top leaders in those companies who have come out of those companies, who have left, and who are talking about how these technologies are dangerous to our human, you know, to our health. A lot of the information 
in these documentaries is not new totally right because we've all been like talking about how you know you have to be careful with your technology it's going to ruin you and you can have bad habits with your social media become addicted we're all we've all heard of the statistics of increasing depression anxiety suicide among young people especially teenagers Mm -hmm. who are like the generation that's completely grown up on this stuff on instagram snapchat um facebook and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but how has this documentary added anything to the conversation what do you think i think it's oh man it's so eye-opening it's actually it i think it's meant to kind of scare us and i think it did a good job at least for me the -hmm. way that they they described um, these people who used to work for these companies and they were the ones developing them and creating the like button and creating all this software that like is engineered to to keep you hooked Mm -hmm. and the more you use the more they know exactly how to get you and the fact that it's not just um neutral it's not just a neutral app that you go for entertainment and the entertainment itself is addicting it's that this this technology is literally every click every second you scan through a photo or watch a video it it is getting to know you better and mm-hmm. is getting better and better and better at knowing your weak spots, knowing your time, when they can get you better, how long, what kind of images, um, what kind of things to feed you on your on your timeline or whatever on your feed to get you to spend more time on it. And it's so there's actually a machine behind your a screen. System. Yeah. It's not a neutral space that's just randomly giving you random information. It's a it's a machine that is so intelligent, smarter than you. It's smarter than you. If you think you've got control over yourself, the machine is better at getting you in. Yeah. So it's it's literally behind the screen calculating and getting to know you better so that it can draw you in more. When you're saying that, I envision like this Terminator skull, this metal Terminator skull with red glowing eyes that is yeah. staring at you from behind your phone. When you say machine that's not entirely accurate, it's a system, it's a software. So it's, yeah, artificial intelligence. It's a form of AI, but basically it is a computer program that is analyzing uh, every move, every swipe, you know, you make. So none of that stuff is new, but I guess the, the depth to which they described how much we are analyzed when we use our technology was a little bit more eye-opening to me. Yeah. And it's like it confirms your worst suspicions. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the, the gist of the idea is that when you use social media technology uh, and all these other technologies which profit from you being on them more. So for them, it's not like they have this sinister you know, Illuminati plan to take over your brain. I don't right. think that's true. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I th- it's just financial. These people want to make technology that will make money. How do you make money? Make people use it more and make people want to. So how do you make people use it more? Well, you analyze their habits and you adjust the technology to maximize getting them hooked. Yeah. And that's how these companies work. And the computers, the software that they write to do this has become insanely effective 
at hooking people on to the technology, the more screen time, the more effect, basically. Yeah. There's a, there's a one-to-one correlation. Yeah. Um, and what, what it's doing to us, though, is that it's literally rewiring our brains, rewiring our minds to be uh, addicted to it with so because it's not just an it's not just an emotional connection it's not just a habit by itself like the thing you like to do um it's a physical thing that starts to happen in your brain because the way you get hooked on something is you get you know there's there's pleasure chemicals in your brain dopamine and other things that are released when something happens that you like Mm -hmm. and so these programs analyze your behavior and they give you experiences repeatedly that give you repeated shots of dopamine which literally over time start to rewire your brain your brain physically becomes different yeah uh and addicted to the to the thing that's giving you the 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 shot yeah and it's crazy how in this in this documentary they said the only other industry that calls their the use the 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 ones who are, you know, Their buying clients, into the clients users is the drug industry and, yeah. and technology like social media. Users. Yeah. So we're users in it and we are the product that they are actually trying to. So, so the, the client is the, um, the companies, what are they, the advertisers? Yeah. Yeah. The real the client product. is the advertiser. The product is you. Yeah. Nothing is free. Uh, you, yeah, so we're quoting a bunch of things from this documentary. You all got to go watch it. But <clears throat> as Christians, I think there's a huge uh, spiritual component here because why does this work? So again, we're both talking about this, talking about the evils and perils of social media where we're both users. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're both, like, I think social media plays an intentional role in my life and my ministry specifically. It's It would be more ministry than my personal habits, I think. But um, so it's not, we're not here to say, you know, burn your phone. We're here to say we need to be intentional because what's going on, you zoom out and you look at the world around us, you see the craziness and political polarization, uh, extremist ideas, anger, rioting, you know, like people are becoming more and more divided than ever before. And this is, this is exponentially progressed over the last six to eight years Mm -hmm. and i think there's a strong case to be made in a a direct correlation between the effect of social media technology and the the effect of actual physical action in our world today Um, yeah people are reshaped in their perspectives of themselves and reality and therefore they start to act on those perspectives in the world and that's what we're seeing today yeah so they're making this case in this documentary that uh the role of technology in our lives is having visible physical impact on society today as we know it yeah and uh that that's massive and i so i think as christians there's there's a couple of reasons why that's so hugely important uh first of all the reason that this is so influential the reason that technology has such a big power is because it is uh capitalizing on our weakness our spiritual weakness 
as human broken human creatures you know um it it has identified our weak points in our hearts mm -hmm. so that's where the spiritual component comes in why is it so powerful well because basically they've kind of hit you know when the oil drill hits the spot and just mm -hmm. psh, oil comes squirting mm -hmm. out like these technologies have pinpointed the the gold mines of the human sinful craving and it's it's customized to every single one of us it's not just generalized it's like they've tapped in your specific weaknesses and how to keep you hooked versus it's different from someone else so it's not just we're all the same it's the fact that it can alter itself to be so customized to your own weaknesses and tap into well, that <clears throat> in a sense we're all it, we're all different but we're all the same like it it's basically analyzing your desires and your likes and dislikes and it's giving you more of what you like right yeah so and that's in that way we're all the same right we yeah. want to be affirmed we want to belong we want to feel like we matter yeah and the AI systems behind our technology often are analyzing what we want what we like and then serving that up to us yeah in massive doses yeah it's like it's like what we see with uh, junk food so mm -hmm. um, you know junk food is is engineered it's engineered to have the perfect mega dose of fat sugar and salt and it's it giving it to us in such a like overly uh exaggerated way mm -hmm. that it, it creates an addiction mm -hmm. um, so it gives you exactly what you crave in a mega dose mm -hmm. uh, in an unrealistic amount so like you know mo junk food is engineered in the lab in you know in, in its perfect flavors it doesn't really reflect what we would naturally like god created you know creation and um you're not naturally going to get these flavors out of ordinary meat and vegetables right. as much mm -hmm. but it's 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 tapped into our deepest cravings and mm -hmm. giving us a lot of it same thing yeah. is happening in social media it's tapped into our craving to feel affirmed desired and belong and to constantly feed us new and exciting and interesting things that keep us coming back right rather than settling for things that are uh slower things that take time to um develop a taste for things that require more brain work right um when we have the option of quick easy fun entertaining things that make us feel good about ourselves what like why would we not go to that you know why right. would we say no to that and go to something that's more difficult that takes more time that takes more patience and work well and over time you're making it almost impossible for yourself right. to go to those things so that's, yeah. i'll get to that in a minute yeah. about the power of habit but like spiritually speaking it's exploiting the sinful human heart mm -hmm. um we crave these things and, and i thought it was crazy how they pointed out that you know everybody thinks that we're all scrolling through the same news feed the same updates but we're not everybody yeah. has a different news feed and everybody's news feed, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everybody's news feed is custom created by the AI system, 100% based on your previous activity and previous yeah. likes. It, it analyzes everything down to the speed of how fast you swipe and mm -hmm. how you slow down and how long you slow down at certain things to look at them and then to keep swiping. How many seconds like, you view a video before scrolling past it. Like they every, analyze all Everything that. is analyzed, everything is cataloged, and they literally, the system has a, a technological, you know, uh, picture of you and who you are. And it knows how to press your buttons. It knows your 
your own habits better than you know them you know right so that's crazy and i think that it 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 betrays so what what's so dangerous is this it's not just from a humanistic perspective these guys are saying it from like a secular perspective that this is dangerous because it's creating unhealthy habits but i think what what's from a christian perspective you see the danger because here we have the humans the sinful human heart set ablaze yeah here we have the sinful human heart injected with steroids basically yeah all of our sinful tendencies are magnified times 10 yeah you know and um it is artificially speeding up our addiction to our sinful cravings yeah you know so uh i think this is one of the most important things for people to be thinking about of all things going on in the world is the effect of technology and social media on people's minds and uh, you may be somebody who's saying well i barely use social media like in our church there's a bunch of people who really don't use it very much um you live in a world where everyone is using it first of all so you you have to understand this and if you ever plan on having a family or if you do have a family of kids like it it, there's no escape unless you're planning to just move out to the mountains off the grid and you know yeah that which no most people we know are not doing that Mm-hmm. super relevant to every single one of us you know yeah and i think that there's um people sometimes distinguish like social media versus just like internet use or whatever like i think it's all together like youtube if you spend a lot of time on youtube it, well it's the it's, same thing it's YouTube the has same thing AI system that or even everything. google like yeah. you know depending on where you live and depending on your previous activity on the internet you might google uh, something about the elections or political views and you're going to get different sources coming up first if you're more right-wing or left-wing and someone else maybe who lives across the street from you but has different views will get something else on their google search it's not a neutral like big pool where it's drawing things from it's actually like customized to what you're more likely to agree with right so it's actually it's like everything all the technology use is dangerous and even if you don't have social media it's all you have to be super conscious that you're not smarter than it and you're Mm -hmm. not like above it with what you think you know right well and we'll get to that i think how do we respond it's not just conscious i think it's intentionality yeah we have to respond in a certain way yeah but i think the other thing that connects to this is uh i read a book actually i'm finishing up this week it's called atomic habits um i forgot the author's name but atomic habits google it it's like a very famous book as bestseller really interesting book and i again i recommend this to everybody this is a fascinating book about how how habit uh how our habits uh define who we are and how our habits are changeable and how we can change our habits but you know Again, this intersects with the the question of social media and technology because when you look at the human brain and what we are as creatures, we are habit-forming creatures. Mm -hmm. That's just how we are. That's how we function based on repeated rhythms and patterns of how we live our lives. And our habits are unconscious. That's the whole point of a habit. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, It's not something you think about because your ability to focus on one thing at a time is limited in your brain. But your brain is also doing a thousand things behind the background um, which are wired in through past experience. Mm-hmm. And it's literally, again, this is 
physical changes in your brain. So if you lift weights a lot, um, you know, there's certain pathways in the brain that are strengthened over time. If you do a lot of memorizing, yeah. there, you know, I'm, I'm taking Greek right now and I haven't memorized in a long time. And it's like I'm using a part of my brain that I've not used in such a long time. It's and a it's weak such muscle. A, it's a weak muscle. It's like yeah. a floppy muscle. It's mm-hmm. so counter. It's so unnatural to try to memorize. But now that I'm like, you know, a few weeks in, um, it's becoming like more natural. Yeah. So what, the way your brain works is that when you repeat an activity over and over, your brain is creating new neural pathways, connections. And the more you do that thing, the more those pathways and connections are formed and the more permanent they become. And over mm-hmm. time, those pathways, they run automatically without you having to think through them. Yeah. Um, and same goes for things that you don't do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's So these are physical changes in the brain that you can see if you were to do like a scan, you know? So we are habit formed creatures. That's who we are. And again, why, why the, 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 the apocalypse of social media is so dangerous is because 99.9% of the changes happening to people as society continues to become more and more addicted to technology, a lot of these changes are unconscious. People don't realize how much they, it's not just that they're picking up a few bad habits. They are becoming someone different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like your identity, who am I? You know, like your self-identity, if you ask that question. Like your identity is wired into you based on your behavior and your actions and your habits. You know what I'm saying? So um, you look at society today as crazy and angry as people are. And, you know, 20 years ago, it was not the same way. Right. People didn't just wake up one day and become so angry. It was bits and bits over time. Yeah, this isn't just what we see today. It's not just political activism. It is It is an entire identity. Yeah. How did people become this way? They're programmed through repeated activity. Mm-hmm. We, Our habits form our identity. And so why it's so dangerous is because you you allow, you submit your brain to a machine that gives you all of your sinful cravings at a macro dose, at a crazy dose. And that shapes your whole identity of who you are, how you see the world, and how you relate to the world. And I just wanted to say like a side thing. I think when we talk about this, there's there could be a misconception that um, it's the bad things of like if you're just scrolling mindlessly or if you're just you know entertaining yourself with like stupid youtubers who are putting dumb prank videos out there but it's not it could be good things it could be good things that you're trying to learn more about like politics and the more you watch videos of of like ben shapiro and the more the more the headlines keep getting your eye and the more you're trying to get informed there's still an unhealthiness to that where or, you know, maybe you're just trying to learn how to work out better. And so you're constantly on social media following all these fitness people mm-hmm. who are teaching you more and more cool tricks about how to eat right, how to be better. And it's 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 helpful information. It's healthy for you. You're getting educated about it. But there's still that um, you're submitting yourself under this thing that's going to keep you coming back for more, even if it's a thing that you're enjoying. Because it yeah. knows, oh, right now you're trying to work out and get fit. So I'm going to give you more and more cooler information, more habits more tricks you know or whatever like home decorating like whatever it is 
is going to hook you on what you're currently interested in and suck you in and all your time and energy is going right. to go into research or whatever you want to call whatever it. You it's want to call still Instagram unhealthy. Research. <laughs> it's still unhealthy even if it's good information. It doesn't have to be sinful things that are a waste of time. It could be right. things that are great. Right. It's still you're under the stream of you're under its glowing light, you know. Basically, it's still not healthy. Yeah. You're the, doesn't matter what kind of content you're consuming. The amount of screen time you have connected to social media technology that wants you to stay there the amount of screen time is directly correlated to, to how much you are submitting your brain to be rewired by an ai system that want it when, when i say ai i mean artificial intelligence it's a software it's a program that is analyzing your behavior and constantly feeding you things that will keep you going and creating so, pathways in your brain that that create habits over time and you're actually right. physically training your brain. Your, and not only your brain, your identity. Yeah. Your view of who you are and your view of the world around you. So it's like, this is massive, you know, because here's the other side to the whole habit conversation. Again, Atomic Habits is not a Christian book, but I'm excited to read this book with guys in our church and, and apply all the Christian principles because um, it is not explicitly Christian in its content, but the content is is uh, is human wisdom, biblical wisdom on how the world works. Yeah. For example, the book of Solomon, or sorry, the, the Proverbs of Solomon. They're human wisdom of how the world works, mm -hmm. and they're helpful because they help you see everything in light of the real structure of things. So you can clearly connect biblical principles to it. And when you look at New Testament Christianity, New Testament Christianity is not just a religion of some sort of crazy spiritual experience or some sort of deep uh, knowledge or you know acquire just research and study the the christian way of life is a way of embodied physical habits spiritual habits mm -hmm. uh, that shape your identity into the image of christ mm -hmm. so like the whole habit forming idea it's just an observation that a non-christian has that says this this is how human beings function mm -hmm. uh, and and from a biblical standpoint you can say like amen god created us as physical creatures to be shaped by our environment and that works against us if we don't understand it and if we give in to our sinful desires and just go with the flow, mm -hmm. uh, if we just allow the sinful, broken world to shape us into whatever, or, you know, and that's kind of like when you see Ephesians chapter two, when it says you were dead in trespasses and sins, following the course of the world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit at work in the sons of disobedience. So it's like this picture, like a bunch of zombies following along. Mm -hmm. That's what the non-Christian life is. You're following desires, you're following ideas, you're following the world around you, shaping you who you are. And so when you become a Christian, you get a new heart, a new way, a new life. God turns on the lights. And we have intentionality to oppose our sinful desires and to live a different way by following Jesus. But following Jesus is a counter way of habits. Yeah. You know, So the path of following Jesus is not just a bunch of spiritual experiences or some, you know, mystical, you know, acquiring of knowledge. It's a lifestyle in community with people, in scripture, in prayer, in weekly worship, in communion. So you have all these embodied physical activities that shape your spiritual habits and your identity. Yeah, and it and it takes 
you have to be going upstream. Like right. It's gonna. It takes intentionality, like you're saying. It's actually you have to create habits in your in yourself in your brain, and you have to understand that it's it's a it's a battle. It's there's actually a war going on, and you know, you spending a lot of time as a Christian on social media, even doing you know gaining knowledge about a lot of good things. I think something I'm learning now, and God is really teaching me, is that a huge part of my brain space, my brain activity should be taken up with the word of god and mm-hmm. how it's such a huge it's like it's a missing practice in our in our day and age um, meditating on god's word meditation itself there's this book me and my friends are reading right now called god's battle plan for the mind the puritan practice of biblical meditation by david saxton and it's just it's such a good book because it shows you that it's um it's not just like fighting your sin and going to church. It's like there's actually a war for your mind. Mm-hmm. There's a war going on for your attention, for your for your loves, for your loyalties, for what you're going to be spending your time doing and thinking about. And in the fact that we have to be spending our time meditating on God's word because that's how he intended for a Christian to thrive. We're mm-hmm. not We're not meant to just read read the bible and kind of just get a little taste and then walk away like i love how in this book he says it's just like one dip of the tea bag Mm. it's not going to flavor your day it's not going to flavor the tea you're drinking you need to seep that tea bag in in the water you have to really spend a lot of time intentionally filling your brain with the word of god and not just reading it reading it is the first step but actually chewing on it letting it coming back to it throughout the day, keep thinking about it. And it, it takes a lot of work, especially in our day and age where we have grown up on social media and it's constantly distracted. A new image, a new image. You take two seconds to look at it. You like it or you don't like it. You move on. It's a distracted age where we can't sit there in silence without anything, without anything in our hands and dwell on the word of God, what mm-hmm. you just read and chew it over in your mind, letting it really um, anchor itself in your heart. And I love how... Um, the definition he gives in this book about what exactly is meditation because you know it's all mixed right now with our day and age of like yoga and all this like oh what is meditation but it's actually like it's a biblical practice and it's meant for it's meant for us as a huge tool and it, um, in the book it says meditation is a serious intention of the mind whereby we come to search out truth and settle it upon the heart and I think that that's that's the counter that's the opposite of what social media and this this day and Mm -hmm. age is trying to do it's trying to win your heart and win your affections and your attention and that is like one of my favorite quotes from this book again so many quotes from this book but i just want to read it um it says if a person does not meditate on truths in his free time he will inevitably be tempted to fall into sin Satan goes after idle minds. And idle minds is when we are scrolling. That is, we are being idle. Idleness, we're not being intentional. Yeah. So Satan goes after idle minds. When you are alone, be sure that you are well and fully exercised about something that is good in holy meditation or in prayer. For whensoever Satan finds you idle, he will take that as an opportunity to use you for himself and to empty you or not to empty you, sorry, and to employ you in some of his works. So when you are aware that every time you pick up your phone, it's not a neutral space, like it's not evil. You're not going to necessarily like for sure going to fall into sin. 
But when you have this time where you're bored or whatever, you have a free moment on a break, all of us reach for our phones and I think we have to resist that and not just not go on our phones, but fill that time with his word. Think about the sermon on Sunday. Think about what you read this morning and think like a verse and just really try to sit there and think about it. And the more you do it, I think the easier it is for our brain to exercise these these habits because you're you're creating healthy pathways. And it's just such a practice that God intended for us to do, but we're not doing because we're so distracted. Right. We're so anxious. And it's it's the biggest tool God has given us to calm our anxieties, to really settle our hearts and to convince us of his truth. And I think this book, everyone needs to read it, but it really shows you how to do that. And it, the fact that meditation on his word will lead to calmness with serenity of mind and certainty about the ways of God. And I think we have to counter the habits we formed and battle them with with this. And I think a big way I'm trying to do that, it's it's a struggle, like for sure, is when I'm temp- like my like instinct is to reach for my phone when I'm on a break or like sitting on the couch and just trying to chill out for a minute if I'm not with the kids or whatever to resist that. Like when you feel that tug of like reaching for your phone, resist it with, no, I, I actually, like I don't want to pick it up and I want to take this five minutes to think about something I read this morning. Like actually physically force yourself to do that mm-hmm. um, because otherwise we're just going to be swept up and reshaped with what we are filling our minds with without noticing. We are letting these ideas and photos and images, whether they're good information or whatever, we're letting our affections be shaped and our loves being shaped and it creates anxiety in our heart and distrust of God. But if we're seeping in his word, we're filling our brain. It's not just because worldly meditation is emptying your brain of all information and just sit there. And a lot of like modern yeah, secular people are advocating for meditation. Just empty your mind, do some yoga, you know, chill out. But the word of God, biblical meditation is actually, you know, fill your mind with his word and think through it. Yeah. And, um, well, there's a truth behind that because, so when we talk about change, you know, we all seek change. We want in lots of times you try to start a new habit and you're like, Oh, you know, I, I wish I could change, but you know, I have these things that these bad habits or whatever, like, you know, secular answer is going to be, first of all, on a basic human level, change happens not when you have new motivation but when you repeatedly do something so literally every time you do something you are changing yeah <clears throat> so you are changing every time you're repeating any action and yeah. you're already becoming something it's not like someday you will become something it's right now you're becoming something through your practices look at your practices yeah. they're defining who you are becoming so change is actually happening in your brain every time you do something and yeah. but then you that's a secular perspective when you add to that the spiritual reality that nothing is neutral uh satan is using tools in the world to corrupt and mess people up and you can see that one of his greatest tools today is technology mm-hmm. technology is the human glory it's the it's the peak of human genius in all of history and yet he's turning all this against us and we see you know the breakdown of democracy in mm-hmm. the most civil the most developed nations in the world are having some of the biggest crises in dem- democracy like how why because he's just taking our own toys and turning them against us yeah. it's a spiritual battle yeah and not only that when you talk about spiritual transformation secular habit forming tips are not enough to change us out of sin 
We are still sinners. What we ultimately need is not just a secular change of habits. We need supernatural work. Yeah. And how does supernatural work happen? God works through his word. Yeah. The Holy Spirit works through the effect of the word on your soul through a variety of mediums. So when you look at the Christian life and we just listed, you know, worship, prayer, meditation, all these things, but you have to see the key ingredient in all of these things is the presence of the word Mm -hmm. and the work of the Holy Spirit through scripture. Mm -hmm. Scripture is the power. The the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and a discerner of the heart. So that's Mm -hmm. Hebrews 4.12. It's living and active. There's a spiritual supernatural work that happens through the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like you're saying, like the practice of meditating on the word of God, the, the practice of seeping your mind in the truths of scripture, thinking, reflecting, actively engaging. I love that definition because it's active and intentional. Yeah. That is the very opposite of the sinful heart, but also our technologically driven brain world you know yeah and it takes you know it's not just sitting there and thinking about like repeating the verse in your head it's like okay how does it apply how is it supposed to look like in my life today how can i apply it today it's it's a it's a multi-step process meditation is like a big thing it's not just mm-hmm. fill your mind and just think thoughts but it's like no okay how does it going to look like today how can i apply what god is telling me in my life today in this moment and i think that Satan is satisfied when we go to church, hear the word, and leave. And forget it, yeah. In the morning when we read a Bible passage, and then we forget it because we're on our phone scrolling all day. He's satisfied with that because the real weapon against him is when we're seeping our minds in what we read throughout the whole day, not giving him an opportunity to deceive us, not giving him an opportunity to lead us into sin. And so when you understand that there's an actual battle for your mind, and it it kind of shifted for me too because now I'm... Like when I look at my phone sometimes, and you know how they did mention like literally your phone when you haven't been on it for a while, like there is such thing as like artificial buzzing, like it'll just randomly buzz. Phantom, phantom vibrations. Or like there, but they actually sometimes will, and you pick it up, and there's no text messages or any anything, but it, they just want you to, the computer just wants you to pick it'll it up and buzz spend more fate? time. You're yeah, saying that they, it'll. It, there the vib- is. They will just because you haven't been on there. They're like, what can I notify them today? Oh, today is. Wednesday and the weather's like this like there is ways that they're actually trying to get you to pick it back up and whatever like I don't know the details about all that but I think that when we understand there's a battle for it and it's like like the devil actually wants you to be led astray and he's constantly sending you distractions I think when you understand that he wants an opportunity in your mind yeah and if you see that it's like okay I I can't just be idle and relax I actually need to constantly be aware and fill my mind with goodness and truth um, and resist resist being idle, resist being going with the flow kind of. Mm-hmm. I think when you see it that way, it, it helps be conscious of yeah. your habits. For me, it's really, right. really helped. Like my phone's just laying there and I have this like, oh, I just want to chill out and relax for a minute. But it's like, that that's gonna satisfy that's like Satan, saying you know? oh i just want a snack so i'll just get a cheeseburger every time yeah like every time you want a snack eat a cheeseburger yeah it's like well one time it's okay or a couple times or occasionally but if every single time you're snacking you're eating a cheeseburger yeah you're gonna be messed up right 
And that's literally what we're doing. Like we don't realize the compound effect of an activity over time. Yeah, habits. It, it's about the little things we do over time. And on the other side, if you do meditation right. and you replace, not just don't touch your phone, but actually when you're tempted to pick it up and waste some time, every time you're tempted, have that reverse effect of like, what did I read this morning? Like create that pathway in your mind where you are, it becomes a habit to think on the word of God. Right. And it's always going to be something that's difficult for us. We're full of distractions throughout the day, but I think it's a healthy practice that we need to do. And realistically, we live in a in a time where we're going to use social media. Like I'm not saying I'm I'm never on it. I'm still on it, but I think setting really healthy boundaries like before I read the Bible in the morning, I'm not going to go on social media and like you always advocate for like before bed, like an hour before bed, don't be on your phone. Um even times where you're most often using it, like a certain time of the day where you're having a break, like maybe just mix it up and try to use that time to pray or pick up a book and read it. Just think, like be intentional about your habits yeah. and don't let yourself go with the flow and just think it's not having any effect. It actually is. Well, so we're going to be using these things. They're tools, but being intentional and watching out for yourself. Yeah, like I think Proverbs, you know, tells us that you have to guard your heart with all diligence because from it flow all the issues of life. So like the simple fact that you have to look at yourself and realize my entire being, my life, how is my life going to play out? Who am I going to become? All of these questions flow downstream from one thing, the condition of your heart and mind. That's the the health the condition, the richness of your heart and mind. Yeah. What is going to happen to your brain and what is going to happen to your mind and your heart and your desires, that will determine everything that you are. Yeah. Now, when you understand that, that massive importance, the biblical fact, you have to then realize that in an age of like today where it basically it is so easy to be, we, we're drugged out of existence. Uh, in our brains by technology. It's a drug that is putting us to sleep and 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 making it more more difficult for people to consider life outside of this stuff yeah. and to think differently uh, about life. You just need to realize you must steward your brain and your mind and your heart. It's an active, intentional activity. It's like a garden. Mm -hmm. You must cultivate your mind and your heart like it's an activity that you must engage in. You must think about. You have to set aside time, reflect. When you read your Bible in the morning and pray, take time and think about <clears throat> in your prayer life um, the condition of your mind, who you're becoming and what you're becoming and, and what are things that need to change. Yeah. You know? And so it's an active thing. If you're, yeah. not, if you're not actively stewarding, gardening the condition of your soul, you're, you're just being washed down. You know, yeah. the other thing that is so helpful for me to realize over the years is something that James K.A. Smith points out in his book, uh, You Are What You Love. Mm -hmm. He points out, you know, lots of times we're like, oh, you know, I, these good things that I need to do. But, you know, my desires are I have different desires. Well, yeah, obviously we have corrupt desires. But at the same time, you have to understand your desires are formed by your habits. Right. So it's a feedback loop. It's a double mm -hmm. feedback loop. You desire something, so you do it. Mm -hmm. You do it, so you desire it more. Mm -hmm. But we don't. Re what we want is like, oh, when, when my desires change. So f for my desires to change, when I just I need motivation. motivation. Yeah. yeah. Motivation, motivation. I got to get motivated. No. It's just f motivation is overrated. Yeah. 
uh, your desires are shaped by your activity. Yeah. When, when you act, when you, and, and again, I recommend Atomic Habits because he gives super practical advice on how to change your habits. Mm-hmm. There's s- simple things that we do that make it impossible for us to change our habits. Mm-hmm. We go against the grain. We make our, our new habits difficult instead yeah. of making them easy. And like, yeah. anyways, but basic, basic human fact and biblical fact is that your loves are shaped by your intentional habits. Yeah. And over time, that that is what the Holy Spirit invites us to do as we live the Christian life in meditating on Scripture, in surrounding our life and our values with biblical truth and biblical narrative. Mm-hmm. He is inviting you into an embodied life of practice, which reshapes your loves. You become a different person. You start to love new things as you learn to live intentionally like like Paul says in Galatians keep in step with the spirit yeah if you're alive in the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit it's galatians 5 yeah and how you you know again like how you're saying this is an anxious age and i think we we are all prone to distractibility and worrying and just like you know but that I love how this book says that God's primary God has primarily chosen to help us deal with discouragement and sin by applying divine truths to our minds. Mm-hmm. Meditation ties people's fluttering minds to their spiritual anchor of stability. And nice. I think that um you know a lot of our habits in our go with the flow mentality lead to discouragement, lead to anxiety, lead to sadness and we kind of don't know why. But God has intended the biggest source of um, encouragement and joy and comfort is to be in his word. So when rejecting that and going to things, forming habits in unhealthy ways, we're going to, it's not going to bring to a good result. It's not going to bring to joy. And some sometimes it's hard to even imagine like living in joy all the time. Like, is that really a possibility or, or truly having peace when things are really hard and stressful. How do people, how do Christians find true peace? Mm-hmm. But it's like meditating on his it's word. because they've anchored themselves to the truth over years and years yeah. of practice. And God intended for that to be the case. That's his biggest source of encouragement for us. And we're ignoring it and creating habits in things that are not fruitful and that don't help us. Yeah. What was the title of that book again? God's Battle Plan for the Mind, The Puritan Practice of Meditation by David Saxton. So that's, we have four recommends. There's that book. Uh, We recommend Atomic Habits. It's a great practical book. Uh, Very helpful. We recommend that you check out The Social Dilemma. It's a Netflix documentary. I know we were just talking about last week how people need to cancel Netflix, and we did cancel, but we still have the subscription. It's, It's a whole different topic about boycotting things. I think that it's good, but also Netflix has a variety of things on it. It has Christian cartoons. It has very terrible things on it but if you still have it check out this documentary it's incredibly helpful and another book that we can recommend is called you are what you love by james k a smith the spiritual power of habit and he talks about how do we create christian habits that shape our loves but yeah start with scripture start with meditation check out this book on on meditation and uh yeah and just remember that you are you will be who you are now becoming you are everything you do makes up who you are like you were saying so be you know there's a battle for your mind and your heart and be be conscious of that and be proactive because in 20 years you're going to be somebody 
Yeah. Too, to too today. often today, we're just caught flowing down the, the, the emotions of our present feeling. And, and we're thinking about how can I feel differently about my life? We're ask, that's, you're asking the wrong question. As long as all you're thinking about how can I feel differently, you will keep feeling more of what you're feeling. Yeah. Change in the Christian life happens as we invite the Holy Spirit to work through Scripture as we walk daily practices that invite His supernatural work to change who we are. So uh, be intentional and be conscious about what is going on with your brain, with your mind, with your heart today, and and live a Christianity that is intentionally seeking more, yeah. seeking more truth and wisdom because uh, Lord knows our culture needs more people with wisdom. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Check out well-said.org. That's the place where the podcast is kind of the home of the podcast and also articles and things that I post every week. There's new content there. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook. We just talked about all those social media platforms. But if you're there, it's good to just hear, hear feedback and hear what you guys think. Give us a review on iTunes if you have a moment. That helps other people find the show. And send this to a person who you think might benefit from it. Send this episode to somebody who, uh, not in a judgmental way, but maybe uh, might benefit from developing deeper habits in the truth. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon. Bye.